report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And today, we are once again joined by Tom's son, Eric. Now, as usual, before an episode of the Ion Cannon Podcast, we have a couple of announcements, or one announcement in this case, which is a pretty cool one. Uh, Tom, you want to tell us about that? Yeah, and I'm actually looking forward to this because I think the three of us will be at Celebration. And this actually does involve Celebration Anaheim. It appears that we will finally get to see Revenge of the Sith in full 3D glory, as well as The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. What's going to be interesting is, when are they planning on showing all this? That's the question. Well, I think it'll be like they did, I mean, at the last, I want to say three or four, maybe five celebrations, they've shown the films um, in the evenings. I think they try to do about two a night. Um, I think starting at like, it's like five or six o'clock in the evening and running, it might even be like seven. Uh, I forget now. And running until like, I don't know, 11 or midnight or something. Uh, but okay, so here's, like, here's like the evening uh, mm-hmm. when you can go in and they just have a big theater that you can walk into and, and watch the films and it's, it's really cool um i i've i've watched one or two of the films this way uh it's kind of a cool experience to watch with other fans but a lot of times you're grabbing dinner with people or whatnot mm-hmm. so i found it difficult to make it uh, in the past but i mean if they're showing you know attack of the clones and revenge of the sith in 3d i mean this is something that you know they, the, the films were going to be released in theaters if, if you'll remember and they they changed the plans at the last minute and said no we're we're actually canceling these and announcing the sequel trilogy and and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure eventually these will be released in some format. But right now, this is the only time you're gonna see these films in 3D. And while I'm not the biggest fan of 3D, uh, I enjoyed what they did with the Phantom Menace, and I just want to see it just to see it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Attack of the Clones and Revenge of mm-hmm. the Sith. So I will definitely be there watching these. Uh, I will make the time to go see these films. Uh, I'm sure they'll be packed as well. Uh, because Great. for somebody really, who's... When are you going to see them again? True. But for somebody who's never been to Celebration before, um, are they, will they have any panels at this time? Is the show oh, floor no, no, going to no. be closed? No. The, the first movie, the first film of the evening... Um, sometimes conflicts with a few panels, and they'll have some stuff mm-hmm. later. So it really, I mean, there there might be some conflicts, or you'll might it might conflict with a dinner with you have with friends or some other evening event. Sometimes they'll have. I think um, I think at the last celebration in the U.S. they had like a, a, a I think there was like some evening event with Kevin Smith and and all all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff, like yeah. a later night thing. Um, those will conflict, uh, but. Not a whole lot. It's not like you're going to be looking at, you know, four different, five different, six different tracks of panels plus the film. It's usually like maybe one thing will conflict. And it's usually not too big of a deal, I found. Okay. I don't know. Okay. What, well, that's you, good Steven, to know. Steven, you were there last time. Um, what, what, what yeah, so I mean, 
they often run movies during the day as well. I'm going to guess that's not the case for these. I would hope not, at least. No, no, no. They have... Um, but yeah. In the past, they've done, like, episodes of The Clone Wars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I feel like a lot of times they have movies, like, you know, they start at, like, you know, 6, 7 o'clock. Everything else is usually done. But hey, if you're, you know, feeling like sticking around for a little bit later, hang out with people, you can go and do it. I've never actually been to one. I usually... I'm starving by that point, and then once I eat, I'm ready to sleep again. But uh, for 3D, I so might that's have the to thing. Is, just... is that, is that, that, That's the thing. Is it going to be any time to sleep during Celebration? No. Or, that, that's Come a discussion on. for no. another day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a convention. You don't, you're not going to sleep. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, I mean, you can, not a whole lot of sleeping, unfortunately. It, it's up to you, but you know what? It's, it's the one time a year you're with your friends from all around the world you're mm-hmm. well having fun actually, talking say, star wars so it depends on what you define as sleeping so okay i recall getting a good i don't know maybe four to six hours a night yeah so i shouldn't really say good for me that is not nearly enough sleep i much prefer to have a nice six to eight hours for someone like mm. William, who will occasionally send me emails and text messages at like three in the morning, it's like, oh yeah, I got home and I feel like sleeping, so I figured I'd play Halo all night. A uh, little bit right, different. It's not that bad. It's exaggerating a bit. I don't know. I feel like I've gotten stuff from you, like yeah, I got home at midnight, but I wasn't really ready to sleep, so I just stayed up until four in the morning. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check some emails from you, William. But um, moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to discuss we need sleep patterns on air. <laughs> This is not uh, well, discuss no. William's sleep schedule. Um, no, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I, I think you'll I have think plenty to... of time to see the phone. I, I don't think it'll be a problem. And, and if you want to hit all six, it's gonna you're gonna have to sacrifice some things. I think um, whether it's like a panel in the evening or like a lot of times we'll have a costume contest in the evening or um, some other <laughs> event or like contest. yeah. So they, they they try to minimize the conflicts as much as possible. Um, okay. So really, all you're missing out on is like time with with friends, you know, after the panels have wrapped up for the day. Um, Got it. I think to to make two movies, you shouldn't really be missing all that much, because um, they like I said, they try to do about two a day. Okay. So I'm looking forward to it. I I want to see these films. Why? I mean, this is one of the yeah. rare chances to actually see it, especially in this kind of environment. And while normally I'd be like, you know, it's a fun experience. Don't get me wrong. Like, even if even just for like the standard, you know, original versions of, of the films, it's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact they're adding 3D and you won't really uh, get this opportunity again, definitely not in a theater-like environment, I, I think. Yeah, theater um, setting. You might as well go for it. Or, uh, no, <clears throat> everybody uh, don't show up, so there's uh, plenty of room for us. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll make sure I'll make sure that when I go pick up Eric, it'll be hopefully a Saturday night screening because I'm picking him up on Friday night. That we will try to make oh, one of these. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, if I had I to guess, um, they're going to show Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones on uh, Thursday night. Thursday night. The Sith on Friday night, along with the New Hope and Empire and Jedi on Saturday. Night. Oh, oh, shoot. Which that, you know what that like actually some... makes sense. Yeah, uh, that's that's what they did in the past, and I was actually yeah. curious. I don't, I don't have my the schedule from last year, unfortunately, in front of me. Uh, okay. I had it somewhere, but um... but I think Eric has a question. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, 
Well, actually, I was trying to figure out if they were going to play them in order, because I kind of would have liked to have uh, seen Attack of the Clones, because I've already seen the first one. But now that I figured out they might be playing it in order, then yeah, it's not that, that big of a deal. So Yeah, that's what they've done in the past. Again, not to say they yeah. won't change it up, but mm-hmm. I'm just going based on the last few conventions where they've done this. That kind of makes sense, so, too. A quick yeah. point of discussion, I suppose I would call it. So they're showing The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith in 3D. Do we mm-hmm. think the 3D was ever completed on the original trilogy? Or would you think that was uh, stopped before they were ever finished and we'll never actually see those ever? So... Or maybe are they saying that it. as a surprise, perhaps? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I look at it as one of two ways i would think that in one what would be a great great way to get excitement building is hey we've also got the original trilogy in 3d but then again how cool would it be as a surprise is when you get to celebration they make the announcement during the keynote at the beginning oh by the way one more thing we do have the original trilogy in 3d as well so enjoy yourself goodbye i could see that too yeah i could see it go both ways Oh, and I, I did find the schedule, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I had it. Hooray. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they started uh, it at 7 o'clock on... Again, it is at Celebration 6. They started it oh, okay. at right. 7 o'clock each night, and they played... Um, the, 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 you know, every every night they play the next two films. Um, so, yeah, you'll, you'll definitely want to be there... Um, later on Thursday night and first thing on Friday night if you want to see the films in 3D. Uh, and this yeah. actually applies to both, actually, Celebration 5 and Celebration 6 followed the schedule. I'm looking at the uh, uh, at what we did right now for both of those. Okay. Um, we had a big document for everybody in EU Cantina and who, who was going to what panel and, and that sort of thing. Oh, I remember that. Uh, so it's kind of cool to go back and look and see, oh, yeah, we, were, we went to this, Riley and Bethany went to that, you know, Andrew was there, Austin did this, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, we're going to be doing the same thing again, too. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. you guys be doing the same thing. I'll be the first time added to that list. Exactly. Hello. And Eric, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Eric. It'll be yeah. fun for all of us to go, for sure. <laughs> it's like every time Dad talk, my dad talks about uh, celebration, he always forgets about me, and I'm like, what? <laughs> No, no, well, we'll try not okay. to leave you anywhere when we get there. Okay. One thing I'm not going to no. do is forget to pick them up on Friday, but I think we need to get into the episode rundown before yeah, we do, we I do, forget my we son again. We're uh, in the episode and still discussing the uh, celebration, which is exciting. For sure. Yes, and getting closer. Away, but yeah, which reminds me, yeah. I need to uh, finalize the last few details. So uh, with that in mind, let's jump into the episode rundown. Uh, this is Rebels Season 1, Episode 8, Path of the Jedi. It was written by our friend Charles Murray, a uh, friend of the show, and directed by Dave Filoni. Um, Charles Murray, as um, you guys might know, uh, was a writer on uh, The Clone Wars. Uh, wrote some very cool episodes there. And, uh, of course, Dave Filoni, uh, the one, the only... <laughs> Uh, directing this episode uh, and and the synopsis Ezra faces a challenge that will help him grow very vague but uh, we actually get some really cool stuff here including the return of a uh, fan favorite character played by 
uh, you know, Yoda, none other, played by none other than Frank Oz himself, which is really Oh, so nice cool. to hear me. Yeah. I mean, I guess before we did, we dive into the episode itself, what do you guys think of the Clone Wars bringing back, sorry, the Clone Wars, the Re- Rebels bringing back um, these classic characters like Darth Vader in the, in the special edition version of the, of, of um, Spark of Rebellion and, uh, and Yoda with the original voice actors. I and mean, they got James Earl Jones to do Vader, uh, Frank Oz to do Yoda. They're not using, you know, the, 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 the voice actors they usually do for like the Clone Wars, mm. like, to, like Tom Kane, for example. What do you guys think of, of, of this, this strategy? Is it, you think it's to, to bring in people who might not have seen the show otherwise, or what are your thoughts on this? I, 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 I like I, it. Steven, go ahead first. Go first. I was say it, so. There's probably um, it comes kind of two different ways. I think because you'll notice both of the big ones so far have both come at a time before the show is aired, or sorry, not aired, but like uh, at the big bef- uh, during a big break. I'm trying to think of how I want to describe this. So like the Darth Vader and James Earl Jones were for the premiere of the show, and now we're coming back from the mid-season break, and we have Frank Oz. Um, both are announced ahead of time to try and get, I imagine, as a way to encourage people like, hey guys, come check this out, look who we've got on the show again, or who we've got in Star Wars again, more accurately. Uh, but on the other hand, we're also now closer to the original trilogy where these were the people who voiced the characters, and so it's kind of nice to hear Yoda sound a little more like classic Yoda than Clone Wars Yoda, if you will. Just ends a slightly better air of authenticity. Mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest thing is they are definitely trying to get this series as close to the original intent, and the I, I guess what I'm trying to, they're they're trying to get they're trying to really tie this series into the original trilogy because that's where it's going to be heading, um, and I I think it's a very smart thing for them to do. Nothing against the voice actors who have done Darth Vader and Yoda in the past. It's great, but I, I think that there's a purpose for them doing this, and I think it's to make sure that there is a consistency going into the original trilogy and then going into whatever they have planned. I think that's why they did it. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. I mean, it it was really really cool to hear, and we'll, we'll get into this when we actually discuss the episode in more detail. But it was so mm-hmm. cool to hear Frank Oz back as Yoda after really almost a decade, right? Revenge of the Sith, as hard as it is for me to believe, came out 10 years ago. Nine and a half right now. Jeez. Uh, just just over uh, nine and a half years ago. Um, and the, you know, May will mark the 10th anniversary of the film. It seems like it was just yesterday. Um, but we really haven't had Tom Kane back since then. I mean... He's done. Mm. Uh, I think he's you mean Frank movie. Oz. Uh, thank you. Gosh, yes. <laughs> we haven't had Frank Oz back really since then. I think he might have done a couple miscellaneous projects, um, but nothing on 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 this scale. Um, mm. So it, it's so so exciting, um, and it, it it really does sound like you know Yoda's back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that, I mean, the episode opens with um, Kanan looking for Ezra 
Uh, I guess he's he's really nowhere to be found on the ship. Uh, so Kanan kind of gives up and just starts meditating with Holocron, Holocron and, and that's when you know Ezra uh, is kind of we see him rushing back to the to the ghost and barges in and and they kind of have some little argument about Ezra's uh, manners. Uh, he kind of th- forgets to knock uh, and enter the room. Well, I I liked Ezra's excuse. Uh, he was hanging out with Sabine. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and, 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 and Kanan decides he wants to, uh, you know, test Ezra's connection to the Force, um, you know, or he wants to test Ezra and see if he's ready after the dangerous connection to the Force he made in, mm-hmm. in the previous episode before the break. If you remember, he kind of, um, tapped into the dark side a little bit to get rid of the big, uh, the big creature, uh, I forget the name off the top of my head. Uh, that was attacking them. And, he just called it the big meanie because it was just this big meanie thing that he he basically let go after the Inquisitor. Yeah, exactly. The big space cat. Um, I think that was its official name, the space cat. No, but, no. but that space cat showed up again in this episode. <laughs> that's the lawful cat. That's totally sorry. The lawful yeah. rat. That's totally different. There's no, the no, space no, cats yeah. and the lawful uh, rats. The Frynox. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there right. you go. Frynox. Frynox. We always get that that yes. messed up, especially when autocorrect the letters around mm-hmm. in the old show notes um yes but yeah it's the the fernox um the the giant fernox that uh that ezra basically controlled using the force and had to go after the uh empire and the inquisitor and stuff um so you know there's they're sitting there talking about um how ezra lacks discipline and focus and and, and all this stuff and how Ezra's, uh, how Kanan's master wouldn't have put up with them. All, all this, you know, it, it's not all that important. It's really just a lot of the same stuff they've been talking about since the beginning, right? That um, mm-hmm. Ezra needs training. And, and to be honest, Kanan's just a little bit, um, he's worried that he doesn't have it in him to train Ezra. And so he doesn't, okay, have, well, he doesn't have the confidence. So to, I have to say, Go ahead. I found I was gonna say I found some of the dialogue in this scene between the two of them all like just absolutely awful. I'm I'm trying to see if I can find it again. Okay, but okay, there's well, wait one minute, where wait wait wait. wait. Yeah. I, I I I'm gonna say from from a parental standpoint with a and I will say teenager who was actually on this podcast. Okay. I will say I did get a kick out of Ezra going yeah i am ready wait ready for what i mean i've got to give if you're looking at ezra's dialogue okay maybe Kanan's is different but watching ezra as he is he's a typical teenage boy that's how i see it they've got him down pat he's a little bit whiny He's interested in girls because he even said it himself. He was hanging out with Sabine. You saw in the one episode where he face planted on the front of the ghost. There's Sabine. He gave her the look before he fell. So I am really liking how they have Ezra and the way he is acting and talking. Because a little bit later, the same thing happens. But you can see him at that point grow a little bit. So go ahead. So I was gonna say I I actually agree with you. I like the characterization of Ezra. It was the dialogue that was putting me off of the scene, and I found it was when Ezra okay. says, 
Uh, he says, you know how I grew up. I'm not used to all these rules. I want to become the Jedi you see in me, the one I don't see in myself. That's all great, but that's all that should right. be subtext. You ne- like, I can't imagine a scene in real life where anyone would actually talk that way. Oh, you know, I, I want to be the person you see in me, not the person that I am right now, and I'm an angsty teenager. And like, these are things characters feel and don't mm-hmm. you don't like you see it through their don't actions, vocalize. not through their dialogue. Yeah, exactly. They, right. they really just show and not not tell some of the stuff. Right. Yeah, and so like, and having okay. Ezra but, show up late, having him not be all that uh not interested in the training but like not that timely those are all things that that show this that ezra wants to be better but isn't doing it right now i don't need him to also tell it to me in words right but you see i also have a problem to where what have we seen kanan do to actually quote-unquote train him we've Mm -hmm. seen him throw you know, stuff at Ezra to, to practice the lightsaber, which we know that Kanan is not comfortable training. We understand that. But really, what has he done other than, you know, meditating with the, the holocron to say, okay, let's try and find this temple, blah, 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 and everything else. But really, what has he done to this point? Eric, well, do you have anything you want my... to this? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, Eric, do you want to yeah. add anything to this? Oh, because we are talking about a teenage kid. No, not really. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, well, so I was gonna. Yeah, so I was gonna. I was gonna say one thing to keep in mind. I think after seeing episode five and pieces of episode one and having read far too many books, I would not. I would be uh, confident in saying that Jedi training is actually kind of boring. And I don't mean boring to do, but boring to watch. Like. Okay. We, we've seen the lesson of the, hey, I'm, you know, focus and do multiple things at once. That was Ezra balancing and having stuff thrown at him. That was Luke balancing and picking up multiple objects. But the meditating and a lot of the other, you know, non-force power pieces of being a Jedi are kind mm-hmm. of boring to watch. They're mm-hmm. they're important, but they're they're spiritual things. They're not, you know... Sure, sure. I, I do... I do agree with Tom, though, and I feel like they haven't... I always get this impression that they really haven't done much. Maybe they have, but it, mm-hmm. it seems like in every episode, I actually uh, went back and rewatched the first few episodes of the, of the, of the series um, mm-hmm. yesterday, and uh, I was you know with family, and they hadn't seen the show yet, and they really wanted to, so I showed them you know, Spark of Rebellion in the first uh, three episodes of the series. And so I, I thought, well, I might as well rewatch the rest and haven't quite caught up yet. But um, I, I feel like in a lot of the episodes, they're like, okay, well, your training begins now. Now we'll, now we'll train you. Okay, now now it's time to train you. No, seriously, it's time to train you now. You know, in every episode or, or they're just, you know, throwing stuff at them, uh, some really basic lightsaber training. But we don't really get the impression that he's – grown at all in his training really aside from his use of the dark side uh, or, or or not necessarily the dark side but maybe his more angry use of the force in the last um, in the last episode mm-hmm. yeah and and I think it even shows itself when it was I think it shows itself that when Ezra leaves the scene, Kanan follows. And I really love how they do this sometimes where Kanan just says something and then Hera's right, right there. You know, and you can definitely tell within this episode, 
or at least with Kanan, she's like his moral compass. She's like, okay, mm-hmm. look at you know, you have to do this, Kanan. I mean, after what happened in the episode, it's like you have to help him control himself and control his Jedi power so he doesn't continue further down the dark side. Okay, and it also seems with a moral compass, Kanan talks to Hera all the time because Hera's always coming up with with something to where it's like, you know she's answering something that's in his head and it's like, this is what you need to do, you know you have to do it, so just go do it. And and I'm liking Hera in that aspect. I'd like to see a little bit more other than her being the moral compass but in that aspect for Hera she's working because she's really playing off Kanan very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I hope they kind of give us um, more of that that training going forward. But it, it seems like in this episode, at least, they kind of um, kick things up a notch by uh, deciding that they, they want to go look for this uh, hidden Jedi temple somewhere on Lothal and uh, or Lothal, I guess, as, as they often say. Um. You know, it starts off with Kanan talking about how many Jedi, you know, 10,000 Jedi defending the galaxy before, and now we are few, and, and that sort of thing. Um, okay, so here, here's a question on that aspect. Okay. With When he does say, we are few, so does he know there are some of them still around, and do you think he's been in contact with them? Because he does say, now we are few. Um, I'm trying to think if he... I don't. He didn't meet anyone in. Uh, I'm. I'm going between Spark of Rebellion. Is it Rebel Dawn? Uh, no. New Dawn. A new Dawn. Thank yeah. you. He doesn't meet any Jedi there. It could no. be. Um. I don't know. I, I think he's seen. You know. We 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 know he's seen Obi Wan's message, uh, telling all the Jedi to go into hiding. Um. So I have That's to true. assume that, you know, he's okay. seen the reports of, like, Master Luminara alive. Um, she, she, spoiler alert, she ends up not being alive. But mm-hmm. um, he, he, he knows that he, Obi-Wan has told people to hide. I think he's assuming that they're still alive. Maybe he can sense them. And after this episode, he certainly knows that at least Yoda's alive. Um, well, well maybe, maybe not. I know uh, Yoda's alive, well, spo- but he's definitely talking to Yoda. It's kind of uh, in, in some way. So I, I think that's. I think he's just more saying, "Hey, there's really not many of us," and he can't definitively state, you know, the last of the Jedi will you be, unlike you know Yoda. Oh, I, I can live that. with that. And at least in the old EU, now Legends, that was not exactly the case. There were other Jedi hanging out in the galaxy. Um, mm-hmm. In this new, uh, it, it canon. could be some projection as well. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. think, it's, the, I think it's like wishful yeah. thinking and saying there's got to be other people around here, not just me. Right. So. Okay. Uh, I mean that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Ezra's test is to meditate and find a Jedi temple at some point somewhere. Um, you know, because there are many outposts and temples spread across stars. Um, the interesting thing, though, is that. Sure enough, the Jedi Temple is right there on Lothal. Um, it's not on another planet; it's on Lothal. And, I, and a couple—I was trying to think, like, what is so important about Lothal that the Jedi would build a temple there? One and two. Mm, that was. Um, 
is it just too convenient? I mean, I know the show is supposed to be centered on Lothal and it's more self-contained. You're not exploring the galaxy. We very rarely leave Lothal and the space there, around it. There is something about the planet because even the Young Reader series is set on Lothal. Yeah, and I, that I get book it. series. Yeah, th- there, there's something about the planet. But yeah, so it's got to be explained at some point. Too convenient, unless there's maybe some explanation. Like, okay, I get it, but does everything happen on Lothal? There's a there's a uh, Imperial Academy on Lothal. There's mm-hmm. a giant there's a Tie Fighter manufacturing plant. I so I actually went through the reverse of going, wow, that's convenient. And Temple's on Lothal, and then I started wondering, well, like. You know, it's that idea that, like, oh, of course, whatever planet the heroes are on, that's going to be, you know, where the, it's where they obviously have to go. You know, it's movie convenience. And I started thinking, like, well, what if, like, we've had planets in Star Wars that aren't necessarily, you know, anything overly special? Maybe that's not actually the case here. Maybe there is something special about Lothal. And maybe we'll find out later why Lothal is important. Maybe there's more to it than we've assumed. I'm Like, it's... I'm hoping they can make it, it's more than that, this, this, they're like, oh yeah, look at that, the Jedi have lots of temples, there happens to be one here. But I'm, I'm not sure what it would be. But even Kanan said that once they found it, I think Kanan even said to Ezra, it makes sense, that he was there, the Jedi temple was there. There was something that was said between the mm-hmm. two when they were walking off the ghost. The Phantom. Phantom. Sorry, get him mixed mm-hmm. up. The little ship when they were walking off going to the temple. Mm-hmm. So there's something about this planet that they have not told us yet why it's so important. Yeah, and I'm very curious to see see if they'll they'll reveal anything else about it um, in the last half of the season. So I would hope because um, so far, no, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, uh, Ezra Ezra does this test, and of course he asks if Kanan had to do it at some point, and um, you know, kind of referring back to the Clone Wars and stuff. Kanan talks about how everything was different back in his day. Um, they probably just knew where all the Jedi temples were. Um, well, here a question. Mm-hmm. Sorry, very quickly. So, do we we let's assume for the moment that a lot of what we've learned from the EU is still at least relevant, okay, uh, in terms of the Jedi uh, traditions. What is is this the test of the spirit that we see in uh, some of the like some of the tests depicted like a Jedi test or is this what like what is this that Ezra is doing? What did Kanan do? I mean, to me, it really felt like you know the cave on Dagobah. Yep. Um, yeah. This is the Lothal version of the cave, and. It, it seemed less of a temple in many ways and more of a, I don't know. Basically, it seemed more like a test. I mean, yeah, it's more like a look yeah, where you go it, to be tested more, than actually. Yeah, it's like a maze. It's more like a test with a maze to get yourself out of it than yeah, an actual less temple. Less like a Jedi outpost, you know, <laughs> like where Matt. Yeah, like yes, no, I, did, I would agree for sure. Uh, yeah, especially some, based on some of the stuff we see once you enter the building. But um, you know, they they arrive. Ezra gets this this vision ah. of this stone and a bright star, and and Cannon's like, "Yep, I knew where it is because 
I already consulted the holocron, and uh, I knew exactly where we were going. But well, thanks for confirming it. <laughs> well, I actually like right. Kanan's like, okay, you know, guide me to it, and they get that he's like, okay, flipping off autopilot, and Ezra's like, wait, what? We were on autopilot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it was a very nice touch, I thought. Yeah. How? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just wanted to make sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, what I what I found interesting is once they get to this. Jedi Temple on Mothal. You have Ezra's got to go try and find the way in. And he's like, you know what? I can't find it. And here's Kanan yelling at him saying, you know what? Listen to the story of the stone. Use the force to listen to it. Now, that's interesting because how is the force working now? Because it seems like in a way a little bit of what we know about the force may be turned on its head a bit or is this still sticking with what we know of the force? Because I think he even says it. The force is in every living thing. It's just it was interesting just to listen to the story of the stone, which total blank on everybody. Stephen, any thoughts? Yes, here? because um, any I mean, thoughts on this? <laughs> I'm like I'm trying to come up with a uh, like an explanation or a way to think about it, and I'm like. I don't know. It did strike stones me as, are alive. It did strike me as an odd comment, and we know the force is yes. in everything, right? You know, it, it binds the galaxy yeah. together. It's you know the tree, the rock, mm-hmm. everything. Um, the yeah, comment, so I think you know, listening to the gets... force, the, the stone, and its story was kind of odd, and how like the temple wanted both of them to enter together as master and apprentice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kanan's response, no, could... "Then together it shall be," was a little odd, but whatever. Um, right, you know. They, they... But you see, also, I could, I, I could I not, I could see a little bit, not to interrupt. I could see a little bit of why the stone is asking both to enter together because once they got inside, we saw what was inside where the masters were waiting for their padawans. So, for this kind of temple or this kind of test, they both had to go in. Maybe it was also a test for the masters as well, because. Once they got inside, the master waited for the Padawan to return. If the Padawan didn't return, that was a very, very gruesome outcome for the master to go through. I, I was kind of doubtful that those were actual dead masters. Yeah, that just seems incredibly silly to me. I mean, this but if you take it creepy, on face like... value, if you take it on face value for what they're saying. I mean, it is creepy. Right, I didn't but nothing about would you, would you nothing really, about like... the a Jedi test is ever. Yeah. Face value. Right. And I mean, okay, so let, let, let's just, for those for those of you who may not have, or who might have forgotten, because we're assuming you've all seen the episode at, at least, um, <clears throat> you know, they walk in and there's these skeletons of Jedi Masters who have waited there for their Padawans until they died. Their Padawans went in, further into the temple and the, the, the Masters mm-hmm. just hung out there waiting until they, what, died while they, where they Never were Never came back. I, what, what do you what do well, you think of but, this, Eric? Um, I'm curious to get, to good get question. your thoughts. The entire time, I was just like, if I could kind of understand that that could happen, but for them to just die, the and if like let's say if basically Ezra was taking the path of the other Jedi, if he ended up going that way. Wouldn't you see the dead bodies of the Padawans instead of just seeing the Masters? Because mm-hmm. mm, if he ended point. up taking that path, 
then why didn't you see the paddle on his body? Yeah. I mean, if, if I was sitting there, I was if, I, if I'm a master, I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, my uh, my paddle one hasn't like returned in three days. Um, I don't <clears> have any food in me. I'm feeling pretty weak, but uh, I'll just, just hang here. Uh, I know my yeah, and hey, okay, the force. a week later. <laughs> okay, I no still way, haven't but... eaten. Like I'm gonna die at this point. Uh, <laughs> but I'll just, I'll just chill here. I'm, but... I'm good. I'm good. And you just sit there till you rot to death. I'm that gonna pull to something suck. from the. Obviously. Oh, dude. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull something. I'm gonna pull something from the Legends universe now because wasn't there in one of the books? I'm trying to remember. Luke had to pull some kind of meditation. Yes. Oh, one of so my in... Yes. No, no, hang on. Please. Okay, I, please. I want to see if I'm right. Because all my library is, is gone. All my library is totally okay. packed. So in uh, the... Shit. What comes after Legacy of the Forest? So Legacy of the Forest, Fate of the Jedi. Luke goes okay. in to the, uh, the Maw Cluster where Abeloth is kept. And there's a station there where Thank people you. go into kind of as a stasis and... And are uh, like where they join a mental commune of sorts, and, yeah, and Luke they, goes into stasis and, and just uses keep circling. a force, yeah, a force healing trance which helps sustain him. Uh, it doesn't last indefinitely, as I recall, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's longer than what he would normally be able to do. Sure, but would they really do that until they? Died? I mean, the only thing I can think of is oh, that maybe it's a test. They, right? no, they you know, it's a test of the master. And, but from what I understand, um, basically, the this was a test for you know apprentices for Padawans to see if they are worthy of becoming a Jedi in some ways. Like not or not worthy, but uh, able to be a Jedi. Um, should become a, a Jedi. Should be trained. And mm-hmm. so, like, I mean, if if they fail the test, the master shouldn't be at fault for that. Okay. Right? Well, okay, so, but let, let's turn this again. I don't know. Let's turn this again. Hang on. Is wait, this wait. a possibility? With go ahead. No, Stephen, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll I'll, let, I'll go after you. I think it'll make actually more sense if you, you try and justify it again. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is it a possibility? This type of test is a test for both. Master and apprentice to see if maybe That's the master is for, worthy. Yeah, I think if the master is worthy of this apprentice, uh, or if these two are suitable, master and apprentice together. Yeah, but like, so let me. Failed, so just, the master's this... killed. Sorry, your your apprentice wasn't too bad, good, so uh, you're gone too. I'm trying so to justify, think... Steve. Help me out. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not I don't know. Right. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to justify this because I think because here's my biggest issue because it that it implies that either the masters willfully choose to kill themselves, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. one really dark and two difficult to believe, mm-hmm. or otherwise they are by nature of the temple either the Force or the Jedi are essentially bound to their Padawan's fate. Which is also horrifying in its own respect, and also incredibly un-Jedi-like. It's it's much more Sith, in many ways. Um, yeah, you know, uh, imagine so, back when there were many, many, many Sith in the yeah. galaxy, and you'd be like, "Yeah, choose an apprentice. If you choose the wrong apprentice, well, you worth you, you should die." 
So choose wisely. Yeah, it, you know, it's not okay for at the at the very core, as we know, Jedi value life, and this, as, on the face of it, is, very is the opposite of that. Yeah, and so what I what I would choose to believe is that. That, and what Kanan very well knows is those are not the skeletons of Jedi Masters. Or maybe they are. They just didn't die there. They, we never actually know for sure that that's how they were killed. And is instead part of the test itself in order to help Ezra understand how serious this is. Mm. That is how I would read mm-hmm. this scenario. That, I think, okay, so here's makes the most sense. Okay, I got another way to throw another scenario in there. Is it a possibility that this is a way to weed out a master and apprentice that could go to the dark side because you were just saying that how do you know? that this is very sith like well if yeah, if I... a master had a little i'm i see where you're coming from steven i'm trying to go the other direction to where using this as a test yeah. that if the master is worthy to be a jedi master then so would the apprentice. I think the core but issue is this that, is the test. Go ahead. I, sorry, I, I think the core issue is that like this is really dependent on how the apprentice does. It has nothing to do with the master. Right? The master. Okay. Uh, and so if the apprentice fails, the master's dead. Mm-hmm. And that just seems very un-Jedi-like and wrong. The only way. Uh, I not to justify this. In a sense, the test of the master is that they have to choose when to bring their apprentice. Sure. However, if they choose to right. do it too early, that seems like an awful punishment to be given. So anyway, I we're, you know what, we're we're probably digging, you know, beating this to death and discussing it yeah, in too I, much detail. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah it's yeah. fascinating. You don't think? I, I I would love to to know like more uh, about how this works and, and I don't know. But again, you know what? This is supposed to be like the cave where things might not make a whole lot of sense. Um, no. And, so, and how would you I like think, to go I into a... I like, I, like uh, I don't remember if it was you, Steven, who said it or Tom, but I, I like uh, your your idea that, you know what? Maybe those aren't really old Jedi. Uh, old, older oh, that was They're just, yeah. just skeletons from who knows when, who knows who they are, just to kind of drive the point home to the to the apprentice that they shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't dilly that they shouldn't they should, mess up. Exactly, exactly, Eric. That they right. shouldn't mess and, up. And and thematically, that does fit with how Kanan has handled this so far. Ezra, tell me where we need to go. I already knew where. Right. I just wanted to see if you could figure it out. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. And and really, even even like the the whole idea of the cave, right? Yoda sends him into the cave, and he's like, "What am I looking for?" And or what's in there? Sorry. And, uh, and, and, you know, this is only what you take with you, you know, in Empire. And, mm-hmm. and in this episode, Ezra is, he, he's about ready to go in, and he, he asks Kanan, what am I supposed to be looking for? And Kanan responds, nothing and, you know, and everything. Um, that's what my master told me. So yeah, Kanan obviously went like, through well, this test at, at some point. It seems like the cave is a very uh, common uh, test. Well, it's the test of the spirit. Yeah. Right. It's been explored in a couple of different places, informally via Luke and Yoda, more formally with Anakin yeah. oh, uh, in the original Clone Wars series. Exactly, exactly. Which I happen to be a big yeah. fan of. But, but you have to love in this. I mean, this is definitely a kid. 
where you have Ezra coming to basically three doors, and he does any meeny money mo, or who uses the lawful thing, and I thought that was such a kid. You know, it's like where am I going to go? I'm just going to go any meeny money mo. I'm just going to go this direction, but there's Kanan behind him. Yeah, actually, I love that moment. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Kanan walks up and is like, Psh, you used, you know, any meeny money mo, the, 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 the Lothrat version to pick a tunnel? Yeah. Come on, you idiot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but it's, so it's let interesting me... how... No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, did either of you actually think that was Kanan, or were you both very already aware that this was a uh, dream sequence, for lack of a better word? I think we ask Eric. Eric, what do you think? I'm kind of stuck. I don't know if it is a dream, or I don't know... If it's reality, but I don't remember if that part if that scene came before the actual dream. So if it came before, I could kind of understand why I would think it's a dream. But if it came a little bit uh, far before that, then I think it's more reality. But I'm kind of stuck on that because I kind of have two answers. Hmm. Yeah, See, I, I would think. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. Oh, no, Tom, Tom, you you go. Well, no. Um, up until the point of the Inquisitor showing up, I thought it was Kanan. I really did. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll say it. I, I I thought I thought it was Kanan when he first showed up. Up until the Inquisitor showed up, and then then it was like okay, because it it's a thing about and it is testing Ezra. Ezra's reaction was like. You know what? You didn't trust me. Mm-hmm. It was that that kind of sold me on that was him. But you knew something was wrong when he started running down the the. Especially if you, Kanan already said that's what my master told me, and we both we all knew that Kanan or had the feeling Kanan went through the same kind of test. But when Kanan started running down uh, that tunnel, and the Inquisitor showed up, then it was like, okay, this is just a test. This is the test. Yeah, and. I have to say, how awesome are the Inquisitor's scenes? Going back and rewatch the episodes, I love, love it. every scene mm-hmm. with the Inquisitor. I, I love it. I, I think that's probably my favorite part of the series, actually, is just the Inquisitor and how cool and how evil he is. Um, mm-hmm. He's probably one of my favorite characters so far. And you know, he, as you said, uh, Kanan runs off and Ezra follows him and and all of a sudden he gets locked into this battle with the Inquisitor. This really cool fight. Um, and I will, we learned that apparently locking blades with the Inquisitor is not a very good idea because he just turns on double-bladed lightsaber mode and then spins the lightsaber around. And, yeah, and then lets uh, it spin. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that spin is great. And, uh, yeah, and it's not the smartest thing to do. Um, and Kanan gets impaled. Uh, a la Qui-Gon uh, and knocked off the side of the cliff. Uh, poor Qui-Gon. <laughs> yeah. <Anyway. laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and Ezra's sitting there trying to get Kanan's lightsaber to work. He can't put the two pieces together and he falls off the cliff as well. You know, after a lot of taunting from uh, the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor. Know, yeah. Apparently someone isn't quite ready to become a Jedi and never will be. How would you like to hear that? I mean, that uh, line delivered so cold. 
So just cold. What I loved about this with with the cave is that you know I, I, I like the cave. It really, you know, this this test always goes right to the core issues that the Jedi is, uh, you know, whoever the, the 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 participant, the subject is afraid of, right? With Luke, it was becoming Darth Vader, right? F- facing Darth Vader and then realizing he has become Darth Vader or become that which he wanted to destroy. With with Ezra, it's you know. Kanan not believing in him and then you know he uh, lands on the ghost and overhears a conversation that you know well with the rest of the crew saying oh you know we, we didn't think he'd make it anyway referring to Ezra and how you know I just feel you know um I just pity him I think I think was the word uh, mm-hmm. Sabine used and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff it's really all of Ezra's you worst can... fears yeah yeah it's it is interesting, though, that Ezra is not in the least bit concerned with the fact that he touched the dark side. It doesn't ever come up as one of his fears that he might that he might do something bad. It's all things that might happen to him. Okay, but but realize a little bit later when he's talking to when he's talking to Yoda, though, that there there's a line I I have it kind of written out the dialogue between Ezra and Yoda that there is mm-hmm. there is a couple lines that come out. To where maybe he's not aware that he's touched the dark side, mm-hmm. but there's a couple things you're looking at it going, you know, he's going in that direction, but it seems like he starts talking himself out of that direction. So I think he didn't know. He does not know because I think even even mm-hmm. didn't he ask in the last episode what's the dark side? He was just not aware of it. Yeah. So it's showing he's very naive on that. Oh sure, sure, and I guess yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether it's he just you know he just doesn't know about it or if he doesn't actually care and is more like anakin in that respect um mm-hmm. where he you know he's all about um saving the galaxy and uh, and getting rid of evil but he, he's willing to kind of sacrifice himself to do that uh it's really gonna be really interesting to see where his arc goes um but at least on the on the ghost you know he he's not he's not fooled at all and he, he's starting to realize, oh, this is, this is an illusion. Um, right. And so when the Inquisitor yeah, it's usually a good and... sign when you... Sorry, I was going to say, it's usually a good sign you're experiencing an illusion when you magically change locations. Mm. Does it happen to you? <laughs> Does it happen to you, William? No. Um, but the Inquisitor shows up and kills the, all the crew of the ghosts, and this really, you know, you don't really see it happen, but... You can hear the sound effect. It was a nice. It was nicely shot. Oh, and, and the yeah, way they it was nicely done, very brutal. Yeah. Um, well, and the way you see the shadows on the wall. Exactly, and Sabine it was very nicely in particular, done. screaming for for Ezra as as she dies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, boom! You're back in the temple, and uh, and and this time Ezra was determined. Like I, I gotta get a way out. I gotta find my way out. There has to be. Um, you know, he, he he doesn't feel like there's a way out, but he, he still believes in his training and he, he he's mm-hmm. determined to rescue Kanan and and you know, that's when the Inquisitor shows up again and continues to taunt, taunt him, you know, talking about how his master lies dead and dead and rotting in a forgotten tunnel and how he could have hardly let him down more. Um It's really I have to say after all that, to see Ezra just look at him and say, You know what, I'm not afraid and just stand there. As the blade comes down, you know, 
and the blade comes down. Yeah. Do you think it's at that point he actually realizes it was an illusion? At that point, that since he says I'm not afraid, and just takes it. Totally, I would say so. Okay. You know, Ezra's a pretty smart kid, and I think at that point yeah. he's like this. This makes little to no sense, and um, I'm just gonna not worry about it. Well, he also did say during his whole thing before, when he fell back into the temple, that he's thinking everybody is dead, but he's like, you know what? I can do this. I can survive. I've done this before. I can do this again. So it's getting confidence in him. You see him change at that point, and then when the Inquisitor shows up, it does make sense that he does say, you know what? I've done this before. I've survived this. I'm not afraid. Bring it on. So... It is a good growing period for him, but what makes this really freaking cool is now you get these little force sparkles that you saw from the Yoda arc, from the Clone Wars. From and the bonus it's, uh, content specifically. Yes, the bonus content. I'm sorry, from the bonus content. But it's Frank Otto. No, this this was the moment the episode turned from wow this has been you know I see what they're trying to do but I'm not sure I like how it's been executed to okay this is this is something I can actually enjoy tying mm-hmm. the uh, Yoda's lessons about the fundamental nature of the Force which is manifesting is just the sparkles you know an effect for people who watch the Clone Wars and some and recognize it for what it is just made it really cool yeah yeah and you get this really these really interesting discussions between. Um, Kanan, sorry, Ezra and Yoda, and Kanan and Yoda. And you know, Yoda's not physically present. We never really learn how he does this. He's he's obviously sitting on his, you know, in his little cave uh, or his little house on Dagobah, um, chatting with people. But we know he, you know, he talks to Qui Gon, and and Qui Gon had talked mm-hmm. to um, had talked to Obi Wan at some point. So it's not a stretch to believe that somehow Yoda was able to communicate with with Kanan and Ezra, I guess. Un- unless you think that this isn't Yoda at all, and it's just the Force manifesting itself as Yoda's voice to... I think this is Yoda. Yeah, I think I think it is, too. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's Yoda because even... I, I think even during the dialogue between he and Kanan, he says, I see you. And I think that's right before he says the line, no, I am here because you are here. But I swear I hear Yoda say, I see you. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it is so, so, and then I have to admit, and I've got it all written down here, most of the dialogue between Ezra and Yoda is just, I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, when we get to that point. Oh, sure. And it was really, really cool to see Kanan admit, you know, that he's not sure about his decision to train Ezra and his abilities and, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worried about about himself because of who he is, and you know we know Kanan isn't perfect, and he never really finished right. his training, never really really formally started it. I guess I mean he he was a Padawan, he started it, but he was you know relatively early into his training when uh, when Order sixty six hit. But almost the way he said it made it sound like he has some sort of darker secret. Do you guys? Do yeah, you guys I picked get that, that up too. I will I, I, picked it up too. I read it as referring to what we've seen out of uh, Kanan's past in A New Dawn. That after 
the uh, order collapsed, he kind of went out and essentially stopped being a Jedi for a time. Mm-hmm. Just kind of was that was that was my reading of okay. it at least. Okay. So that yeah, I, mean, I figured it could go it could go either way. It could be you know, mm-hmm. Kanan just kind of lost his path for a little while, and he does say something about losing his path uh, mm-hmm. later on. Um, or well, it could have what been I love, something darker. But. Well, but I also love it's like you're talking about you know you've got Kanan thinking and he's got this this maybe he's lost his path and all that, but you've got back to Ezra and Yoda again, where you've got Ezra saying again, this is such a kid, you know, which is the right way, and Yoda's response is that is the wrong question or wrong question that is, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you. You've got to pick the right way. It's like you don't look at somebody and say, "Tell me which way to go." It's like you're on this path. You've got to and figure it out. And you decide. It's it's right. There you go. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. In and and they're talking about how you know, can, uh, Ezra's abilities are growing faster than Canon can teach him. Um. And we kind of talked about that. The 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 teaching uh earlier uh and how, you know, oh there, there's that quote how about how he lost his way for a time but now he has to change things uh, mm-hmm. but but yeah that that, that as, as you said tom that scene between ezra and, and yoda because it, it keeps cutting back and forth but there's this one extended scene between the two that is just great where they talk about why he must become a jedi and it, it was and, the one scene where i really felt like ezra was actually getting character development because he starts yes, out with I, this, I need to become a Jedi because I need to, you know, I need to to take revenge on the Empire. And Yoda just sits there and kind of questions, like, well, why is why do you need to take? Is that what being a Jedi is? Jedi take revenge? And he's like, well, no, I guess not. Okay, but but there's there's a there's a quick thing on top of that. It's you know, ah, Jedi way is revenge. Did your master teach you this? And it's like. Ezra comes to Kanan's defense saying, no, he would never. And Yoda's like, then why do you seek revenge? And he goes, I don't. And then Yoda's like, you know, inside, again, inside, much anger, much fear. You know, this is where I think when it comes to Ezra, he really grew because he just wants to protect myself and my friends. Or I just want to protect myself and my friends. And then Yoda says, and this is why you must be Jedi. And he goes, yet, yes, not just them, but everybody. And that's where you look at it going, okay, he was because I think that's the point where he was like getting really, really mad and angry. Like he wanted to just have all that power, and it's like you know that that's not what a Jedi is is to you know for the power and stuff, you know. But it gets to the point where it's like you know he wanted this before he met Kanan, and you know he was only thinking of himself. But you know now that with Kanan and the crew, he's looking at trying to help every. Else, so he's now wanting to protect himself, his friends, but everybody in the galaxy, not for revenge. So, well, it's interesting because really growing moment. This is why he joined the uh, uh, the ghost in the first place, sorry, the crew. It was not to like yes, there was a sense of helping people. It was also because he wanted revenge against the Empire. And everything that's happened mm-hmm. so far has just been about doing that. And I'm, I think this is Good point. This is how the Inquisitor will attempt to lure Ezra to the dark side, as I'm sure mm-hmm. he will at some point, because this is Star Wars. But it's, right. it is about 
trying to convince Ezra that the best way to protect people is by drawing on the dark side. And it's nice to see that conflict laid out here via this conversation with Ezra and Yoda. Like, he, Ezra seems to move past it at this point. I don't, I don't believe he has, though. I think there, there will be more. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think... Hmm. Yeah. I'm stumped. Yeah, I mean, I... Go ahead. Yeah, and so, yeah, definitely. And Ezra realizes that he, he really likes how the crew of the Ghost helps everyone. And Yoda encourages him in this and you know, talks about how it makes you feel more alive and that sort of thing and tells him he has a difficult path ahead of him. And that's when he drops a kyber crystal in, uh, in Ezra's okay. lap. Okay, this, this bothered me. This looked out of Tron. Out of, out of all, all of that whole beautiful sequence being done, voice acted, animated, all that stuff, to have this space-time continuum with a circular disc and Ezra standing up and having that glowing crystal come into his hand to be that tiny. I expected this little, this little whatever they call it from Tron to come down on the disc. That's what I was looking at. I'm like, oh, geez. Oh, God. Why? It didn't remind me of... I, I, I didn't actually catch the Tron connection there. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. But... You know, okay. I totally, you know, I, I did think it was interesting how, you know, Ezra was standing in the center of the circle with like space all around him and, and stars. And I was like, is that, was it like a, a vision he was having at this point? Or was the temple actually like showing stars around? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of an interesting design there. It not really explained. Very cool looking though, for sure. Right. Um, and and he gets a kyber crystal, which is pretty awesome. I mean, if you've seen uh, the kyber crystal, has been showing up a lot more recently. Uh, <sighs> it, it annoys me okay. greatly, to be honest. Okay, I, 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 I was. I mean, maybe, wait a minute, wait, wait. Okay, wait a minute. Can I can I say one thing before you get on to the annoying thing? Because I have to say this. Okay, yeah, and then we it. get on the kyber crystal. I I have to. I gotta love when Ezra gets back to Canaan. And Ezra makes this big deal. I mean, he puts out the hand, and there's his kyber crystal. And you've got Kanan going, oh, my God, it's a kyber crystal. How great, great, great. I ha- I love Ezra's response. Oh, what's a kyber crystal? <laughs> I mean, that, I, pretty good. that's the perfect response. But, okay, Stephen, go ahead with the kyber crystal. Okay, my issue is, and I get some of this comes from the EU, but a lot of it's just that even within, like, canon content, which I guess the bonus content is considered canon, right? Correct, yeah. Uh, I guess this yes. isn't even bonus content. This, I'm thinking of the uh, uh, and the storyboard version we saw. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On okay. Udipa. The Udipa arc they released on StarWars.com. Yes. Yeah. There you go. The problem I have is that the Kyber Crystal, it's, it's like a meaningless word, essentially. Like, there was a time when the kyber crystal was either one or potentially a multitude of crystals, and every single kyber crystal was really important because it was powerful. They they keep using the term kyber like it's like I don't even I don't even have a good example like Kleenex, like all lightsaber crystals are kyber crystals, but kyber crystals are like kyber crystals. 
Yeah, exactly. Almost like a Xerox. Yeah, I do remember. Either Piper needs to. Sorry, go ahead. Oh. You got it. Okay. I'll continue my rant then. But like, either Kyber Crystal needs to be a, like a gen, just a type of crystal that is used in lightsabers, or it needs to be important. It can't be both. It it just it feels confusing. Yeah, I I, I do feel like end you know in the past, at least in the EU, Kyber crystals were did not appear as often. You had just normal crystals that were used in lightsabers, and you had Kyber crystals, which are very special. And it seems like in the last six months or a year or something, the kyber crystals have shown up a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been using that name all the time. Um, and, you know, there recently was an enormous kyber crystal that was, like, reflecting and amplifying, um, you know, blaster fire and, and other things in the Utapau arc. And there's the tiny kyber crystal in you know, used for a lightsaber here. And so I, I do agree, Steven. It seems kind of odd that the kyber crystal is like appearing everywhere and being used for everything all of a sudden. Like it's, it was used, the name is used because it sounds cool and because it helps convey importance. Mm-hmm. But like, it should only try and convey one type of importance. Like it shouldn't be both used in lightsabers and, you know, other things. So it just, I have, it frustrates me to keep to hear it thrown around so often okay so question i have on this going back to the clone wars the episode in which yoda takes those padawans to go f- find their crystals or those kyber crystals yeah, I was as just well because that's that. also yeah because that's also a, a different a different way that these padawans got their crystals compared to ezra because ezra's basically came out of nowhere these kids had to go find it oh it's true i forgot about that episode yeah, I'm actually just looking over the show notes for that, trying to see if they called it the Kyber Crystal in that episode. I don't believe they did. Because on top of that, I think the crystal... The crystal, I think. Okay, yeah, because the crystal at that point called to them. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Each crystal called to each Padawan. That's how they found it. It wasn't just given over. Right, and that one. That but then one again, is, this is this is but again. Right, and in this case, I would think special circumstances because the old ways are gone. Maybe I can give it a little bit of a leeway that they're inside the temple, and it's just basically handed to the Padawan that's in there with his arm raised like Tron. I think it works. So moving on with this, we're outside of the anyway. temple. <laughs> Anyway, so they're outside of the temple and everything's hunky-dory. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Okay. So they're outside of the temple, and Ezra's got this really great suggestion that why don't they try and use this temple as a base? Uh, but Kanan's like, you know what? Uh, that's a that's an idea, but you know, that the past is in there. And you also realize that the old Jedi temple had records, so there's a possibility that this place could be on their records and the Sith could get out there or, or the Inquisitor could get out there and find it. So, nah, this is in the past. Let's just keep moving forward. Probably not a bad idea, to be honest. Yeah, not a bad idea. So, then again, it would give a little bit more importance to Lothal that we're trying to figure out why this planet is so important. But, no, it's agreed that they'll move on and they end up getting back into the ghost and you know everybody knows the story of how a lightsaber is built 
a, a Jedi, a Jedi Knight who gets the crystal, or a Padawan who gets crystal, spends days, hours, months, years, weeks trying to put one together, and it <laughs> appears in this case Ezra. Act, well, I threw that out there because it may not take years, but Ezra's actually taken a couple weeks to use lightsaber parts from around the ghost to put all together and comes up with a very, very interesting hybrid blaster lightsaber. Yes, we don't get to see the blaster used in this one, so spoiler alert, but if you've, if you've read the visual guide, or uh, I believe it's also an insider, um, you, you already know what's what's going on here. Um, <clears throat> there's a very interesting lightsaber, you know, we, the, the crew of the ghost mentions he was in there for a long time constructing it, and um, he comes out and he says... Everybody he gave to... parts. Yeah, he kind of he wanted to show uh, Kanan the lightsaber, uh, and, you know, and so he, he gives he kind of hands it to him to take a look, which actually I think was pretty darn smart because if you remember, at least in the expanded universe and even in the new canon, and I won't spoil it, but there's a reference to that in some upcoming work um, uh, about how you you really have to be very careful about how the uh, lightsaber is um, constructed, mm. right? Otherwise, it could be dangerous. Yep. And yep. um and in uh anyway, so um Ezra offers it to Kanan to kind of like, you know, look over and make sure it's not going to kill him or anything. So anyway, I, it's a pretty cool lightsaber. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed um the ignition had a very interesting sound. Did you notice the lightsaber sound effect at all? It seemed to have a much deeper sound effect than we're used to. It's less of the, you know, boom, and more boom. Maybe that probably didn't give you the best example. But notice, if you, if you go back and to listen back to it, listen it's to really deep and very, very different than what we're used to. Yeah, so I can't say that I did notice. Yeah, I did not notice that. Okay, no problem. But, um, yeah, it certainly okay. seemed new to me. Um, I, I don't know. I'm really curious to see the lightsaber in action, and I don't know if it's because it's uh, it's a lightsaber blaster combo, or or what. But uh, I think there's a lot of potential for some cool stuff there, and and maybe some new interesting new sound effects. So uh, that's that's really cool. Um, unfortunately, yep. I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this. The end of the episode, kind of ended abruptly he like turned on the lightsaber and it just seemed like he's a jedi what were were your thoughts on the ending of the episode well i wouldn't call him that he's a jedi yet you know you're not a jedi yet but i it it seemed like it was like an episode of the clone wars i think uh, clone wars sometimes just ended with an abrupt done so it didn't bother me to end the way it did yeah, I didn't. I didn't find it that abrupt. Like it, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of you know circumstance or pomp and circumstance, so to speak. But I didn't find it abrupt or crazy or anything like that. I mean, it was about what I expected out of the episode. We, Ezra was challenged. He talked to Yoda. He came out feeling much better. And end of uh, end of episode. True. True. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay, well, with that then, uh, do you want to get into the uh, overall thoughts for the episode? I I thought coming back from the break, it's a it's a good episode. I enjoyed it. I think what really really sold it for me was, again, I will 
say it, Yoda coming in and the interaction between Yoda and Ezra, that whole sequence I thought was very well done. Um, I, I enjoyed the episode. I, I can't really knock it for anything that bothered me. I'm going to give this episode a 7.5. Um, I think it's very solid coming back from the break. It's going to be interesting to see where they go from here, especially if they're ever going to use Yoda again at some point. I don't doubt it. I mean, I doubt it. But, you know, Not I like the finale. It. Really? Well, I don't know. No, I just um, mean they, they clearly are using celebrity voice work as a way to draw viewers to important episodes. That's true. First episode. No, it's well, a good point. The re-airing of the first episode on a on. You know, yeah, the first episode on TV. The first episode right. of once after the break. You know that sort of thing. That's all. Yeah. It makes me laugh. Okay. Yeah, certainly. certainly. Okay. I'm sorry. So you well, said you, I enjoyed 7. it. Seven point five. Rats or, or five. we 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 um, moth rats now? No. <laughs> no. 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 We got to keep it with the romp, womp rats. I I am the one that the recommended doing moth. Loth raps, loth rats, the loth. Well, I heard you say romp raps. Um. Anyway, I'm going to stick with womp rats. I'm going to take my 7.5 womp rats. I'm going to put them in the nebulous area with Ezra as he's reaching for the crystals. They're sitting there on the little disc. He's standing on, looking up the crystals in total amazement. They are in such amazement they don't realize that they're walking off the edge of that circle and falling into the abyss. Wow. <laughs> there you go. That's what I've done to my womp rats. Well, Eric, do you do you want to give us your thoughts? Okay. I'm going to give it a 7 because I kind of liked the beginning. I liked the fact that in kind of the middle Yoda came back. I liked the very ending. But mostly everything else was kind of just, to me, was kind of a little bit slow. Just thinking of going to the planet, going to, um, uh, and the temple, basically. It kind of, to me, took a little bit too long for them to figure everything out. Because I think, um, Kanan could have done something, possibly, to, uh, help Ezra a little bit earlier on while trying to find the entrance but other than that I liked the beginning I liked the part when Yoda came and I liked the ending so so what are you going to do with your womp rats <laughs> I'm going to have Ezra use them basically have chopper throw them at him slice it and then slice them in half and then shoot them oh dude Wow, dude. <laughs> really dark. Tom. So, Tom, wow. you might want to talk um, a chat. So, call upon your Yoda instinct, show up in his room, have that conversation about the light side and the dark side. I think I'm going to have to. Um, son, when I'm done, son, when we're done with this podcast, you and I are going to need a little bit of a talk. Oh, but I want to eat. <laughs> you can eat first. That's okay. No! You can eat first, and then we'll have a talk. <laughs> Just don't oh. tell your mother. Okay. Oh, or grandma. Okay. Yeah, I mean, forget that one. Uh, Steven, you're up. <laughs> okay, so 
there were two parts of this episode to me. The first half I felt was really lackluster. The dialogue just seemed really clunky to me. And there were, as we talked about, there are a lot of pieces that just feel like, really? Like the Jedi Masters that sit there and die? Uh, but the second half, essentially the Yoda half, I thought worked a lot better. I felt like the dialogue improved, Ezra improved, and we got some actual character development, which I really, really liked. Uh, so I'm going to kind of cut this down the middle. I'm going to say it's probably a 6 out of 10 uh, Womp Rats for me. Um, a decent episode, not as fantastic as I would have hoped, but still not terrible either. And I'm trying to come up with what to do with my Womp Rats, and I'm drawing a horrible, horrible blank. You can put it off until next wow. week. Wow. Yeah, I think I might have to. Oh, that's like, I'm, I'm trying to come up with something with the temple. Next week. Okay, no, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I got it. I got it. So we were wondering... This is... Okay. So when the Jedi Temple spins up, they're not actually using the Force to move the temple. They're actually <laughs> mind-blowing bonk <laughs> Turn a giant cog that puts... That it's like all six of your womp rats on this big... They're on this big hamster on this wheel. big hamster wheel. There you go. Sounds great. Um, well, okay. I'm actually going to rate it a little bit higher. I mean, I, I think... I do agree with like Steven in that the beginning was a little bit um, was slow, maybe slightly clunky. Um, but I felt like once they they found the temple and, and and really once Ezra entered the room and they kind of left the uh, the exterior the the antechamber basically where um, the the dead Jedi masters were uh, in theory. Um, things really picked up, and I, I loved how they were going from, um, you know, from, uh, from one place to another, and, and Ezra was kind of forced to deal with Kanan not believing in him, and then the, the Inquisitors taunting, and then the the um, the crew, the Ghost, uh, you know, not believing him in him either, and and their deaths, and and back to the Inquisitor again, and then finally the introduction of of Yoda, played by Frank Oz himself. Um, all of that stuff was just really, really, really cool. Uh, and I really like the way they did it. And, you know, now we have a lightsaber and, uh, well, I'd love to see, uh, Ezra use that lightsaber. I'm, I'm sure we will in future episodes. And so I thought this was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm going to be a little bit higher than the rest of you and give it an eight and a half. Um, or, you know, actually I'm going to give it an, I'm going to give it an eight an even eight. Uh, very enjoyable episode uh, for sure and I'm not going to lie like the Inquisitor just makes me want to increase the score every time the Inquisitor is in the episode I'm like okay that, that rating's going up um, <laughs> but uh, really 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 good episode um, not perfect but quite enjoyable so uh, I'm going to actually split up my Womp Rats and um, I'm going to put uh, the four split up your Womp Rats sorry you're going to cut them in half? No, no, no. Sorry. Nothing like that. <laughs> I'm going to leave the four Womp Rats <laughs> in the room with the... Uh, let's put them in two groups. What are you thinking? Uh, well, I just... <laughs> going to uh, put four Womp Rats in, the, uh, in that chamber with the, the Jedi Masters, and they're going to wait for the other four Womp Rats, which are going to be permanently lost in... Uh, <laughs> In the uh, in the temple with no way out. I mean, Ezra was worried that there was nowhere out. For these Womp Rats, there really is no way out, and they're just gonna go through their worst nightmares for all eternity. Wow. Oh. Um, like like Ezra had to do really. Um, 
but they're womp rats, so they're not quite as bright, and they can't really figure out that's not real. Um, so yeah, that's that's what's happening. To my two groups of four womp rats to make eight. Math. Okay. Okay. So I guess we have coming right. up on the. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say coming up on the Clone Wars. Um, <laughs> coming up on Rebels. Um, we've got season one, episode nine, Idiots Array. Synopsis. The wrong gamble with a new acquaintance forces the crew into transporting some unusual cargo. Do we get another celebrity voice in this episode? I have a feeling we might based on the title. I mean, Idiots Array, that's a, first of all, it's a Sabak reference or Sabak or mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. Um, that's a Sabak reference for those of you who aren't familiar with it. It's the best hand you can possibly like that. get. Um and so, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I thought maybe Lando, but I doubt it. Somehow I doubt it. But you never know. Hmm. I, thought you specu- I thought there's speculation he's in there. It could I be. thought they used him. Could be. Now, I'm not saying in this episode, but I thought somebody has said that he is supposed to make an appearance in this episode. Or in this series. I if, take that if back. so, this is the one for him to show up in, I think. Um, Interesting, but I don't know. Probably, I don't. Know. And what, what kind of what do you think the unusual cargo is? Is it a a, a person uh, with Lando? I think right now it could be anything. We don't know it's Lando, but it could. Be well, anything. okay. With 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 gambling in general, it could be anything. Yeah. Oh, you know that's, that's or what kind of gamble? actually call it the wrong gamble with a new acquaintance. Um, yeah. The gambling's a huge theme apparently in this. Yep. In this episode, so I mean, aside from Han, we'll have to wait. You know. Yeah, we'll have to wait for next week. Galaxy's biggest gambler. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Might be, we might be mm. reading into it a little bit too much, but looking forward to it. Um, you yeah. know, as you're listening to this, if you have watched Disney XD, the episode is already out. So, yep. Go watch. What are you What are you doing? Stop listening. Yeah. I mean, it's the end of the episode well, anyway. So well, put us well, on pause. Go watch. Find out what happens next. Listen to this, but listen to this podcast first. Then once the podcast yeah, is done, you've already the episode. So just 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 uh, go go watch go watch the, go watch Star Wars Rebels because really why not. Okay. So, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. It's always fun having You're you on. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Tom, Steven, anything else before we uh, head out? It's great to be back after uh, no, break I... for Christmas and New Year's. And yeah. Holidays. It was a nice little break. Very good to be back. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans by fans and is copyright 2015.